Welcome to The Silent Lotus. I'm Sudithi. And I'm Suhita. We are two South Asian women who are very young and figuring out how to navigate the world. Join us on our journeys of tackling our health, self-care, and mustache hairs. A gentle reminder that we are not experts, just two young women hosting a podcast. We encourage you to seek out support from a trained health professional as needed. Welcome back to The Silent Lotus. Sudithi, what's your highlight from this week? Hmm, I have... I have a few. My big highlight of this week, but also in life lately, is this new hobby that I have developed. Um, Well, it's not really, it's not like a separate category of hobby, but within photography, which I have been learning a lot about since the start of quarantine and really enjoy, um, I got into film photography over the course of this semester. It started Mm -hmm. off like with just buying, buying a disposable over the summer and then I have a good friend of mine who's a really, really talented photographer. He studies fine... I think he's a fine arts minor. I'm not sure I should ask him that. Um, But he's super talented, and he also started shooting on film last spring as kind of like a passion project, and he knows a lot, and he... I mean, I'm very much an amateur hobby photographer. He, like, does this, and, like, people pay him to take their photos. And... um, So, yeah, he knows a lot about film, and he's been kind of just passing along his knowledge and tips, and um, after going through about four four to five disposables, he helped me find a film camera on eBay that I bought. It's like an old, old thing. Um, Like, it's funny how old it is. The date on it, like, normally film cameras print the date on the bottom of the photo, and this is a model from, like, 1994. And the date on it, like, you cannot bump up the year to higher than 2019. I realized that yesterday. I mean, it's, like, an old thing. Um, But it works great. And, yeah, I've gone through about, like, three to four rolls of film now. I'm taking pictures all the time. And it's really nice. I think that there's something very different about pulling out a film camera in a certain, I like sound like a hipster, an obnoxious hipster nerd right now. I think it's very different to pull out a film camera in a social setting and be like, hi, let's take a photo because there's something about like the camera itself where you're like, ah, yes, photo. Whereas I think a phone as a photo taking device, I often take for granted. And I think in social situations is like either looked down upon or taken for granted. People are like, why are you taking your phone out? Or also like, oh, I don't really, I'm not really paying attention. Um, But with the film camera, I think I've captured some, like, yeah, some really, really special things over the course of, like, a very crazy semester. So it's made me very, very happy in life lately. What about you? I, like, no, it's, like, I really didn't understand the whole, like, disposable camera film thing until you started sending me the pictures that you had taken recently, like, of, like, you, like, hanging out with, like, your other friends or, like, even the ones that you've taken of, like, me and, like, our little group of friends. And now I get Mm. it because it's, like, the quality just feels, like, nostalgic. It's you know, definitely nostalgic. Especially with the date printed on them. And, like, now I actually have an appreciation for it after yeah. seeing it. And I think you're right. Like, for example, like, we always take our phones out to take pictures. We take a lot of really bad pictures. But when someone holds up a real camera and you realize, like, okay, we have one shot to take exactly. this nice picture, everyone, like, slows down. Yes. Yes. Or, like, you can, like, capture the right moment because, like, you're paying more attention right. to it because it's like, okay, got to get the right one. Right. And it's, like, more meaningful. It I, like, fully is. get it now. I really didn't get it yeah. before. It was like, oh, hipster nerd, whatever. But now, <laughs> I, I have a huge now. album. Like, I think I'm going to rack up an yeah. album of, like, 200 photos from just this semester um, mm-hmm. once I get all my film developed. Which is crazy. And, like, nice to yeah, have. Yeah, it's going to be so nice to look back on. I think my favorite photo ever, I will end this thought, this tangent in a second, is this hilarious, hilarious photo I took of my three roommates on election 
and night. My one roommate is drinking a beer, oh, and then my one. other two roommates are like hiding under a blanket, and they look like I don't know. It's just so funny, and like there's CNN in the background. I'm like, I will remember this forever. Like, like what a historic day, yeah. and like I have such a funny and special memory of it um, that like totally encapsulates the night. And it's just like one photo, and yeah, mm-hmm. I love it very much. What about you? What's your highlight? Yeah, you've actually made me want to get a camera, so I'm thinking mm. about it. But I guess my highlight, my week was really boring. <laughs> it was mainly just like I had an exam yeah. and like I watched TV and like cooked food. It's the basics. Yeah, life. We were talking about this earlier. Like I'm just feeling burnt out and everything feels like very monotonous. I understand. So I guess the highlight, so the same friend that Sadie <laughs> was talking about who like does photography. Um, and so like everyone at our school, there's this thing called a pea sweater. Mm-hmm. So it's literally a blue or white sweater with a P on it, and it says your graduation year on the, one of the arms, mm-hmm. the left arm, and you order them your junior year, so it's like this big pen tradition, and so we all have them in our year. And I've seen in the past, like, people taking really nice, like, cute pictures and, like, iconic campus locations with these sweaters, and I wanted to do that, so we finally did that today. So Salithi's friend, this very talented photographer, took these pictures of us and our other friend today, and I'm really yeah. excited to see them, and I thought it was really fun, yeah. and it was like, perfect fall weather like we got we did our makeup and it was just like a nice way to like end the week and like celebrate senior year and I'm pleased that we could do that even though things are very abnormal and monotonous and weird lately that's totally true I think it was that's my yeah it was a nice way to like do something that made it it feel like normal senior year and another like great set of photos that we'll we'll look back on and be like ah yes nostalgia ah yes college so exactly yeah love that all right shall we get into the questions yeah, I'm excited for these ones. I think they're good questions. Um, I shall ask the first one. Okay. How have your parents' religious beliefs impacted the way that you live your life, and what do you want to do with your own future family? Love this question. Very topical, given that mm-hmm. tomorrow is Diwali. So. Yeah. Um, I guess, like, so, I guess, for, okay, for a little bit of background, my parents are very religious people. My mom does puja, which is like prayer mm-hmm. twice a day, like in the morning wow. and in the twice evening. My name, my full first name has two different God's names in it, if that doesn't like paint the picture for mm-hmm. you. Um, but I think like in the way that my parents' religious beliefs are obviously very strong, have been a very big part of my life in that like when we were younger, we used to go to the temple, do like a sit down puja like every Sunday, like drive an hour wow. south to this big t- South Indian temple in New Jersey. Um and like that was just a part of our routine. My mom like volunteered at the temple every Sunday. I used to volunteer at the temple with her because my cousin would also come. So it's very, very present. The temple is also like kind of a community building thing because like there's one huge South Indian temple in New Jersey that everyone goes to. So it's just kind of like you would always see people you knew, whether it was family, friends or cousins or whoever it was. Mm-hmm. So that's part of it. Um, also just a lot of like, I don't know, like daily things that I think have like permeated into like culture. Because I don't know about you, but I guess, like, do you also feel this way where it's, like, the way that I look at, like, Indian culture, at least my family's culture, a lot of it does actually come from the religion? Mm, does that yes, make sense? Yes, I think so. Um, I'm trying to think about like, in what ways, mm, but though. But I think, I guess, like, for example, for I guess, like, okay, in your case, I guess, like, why is your family vegetarian? Oh, right. Is it a religious yeah, thing, right? So that's a big part of, like, your day-to-day yeah. life, right? Which, like, you might not necessarily daily think about it as, like, oh, this is a religious thing, but it's a part of your yeah. life. It's a habit. Yeah, that's true. 
And I think there are certain habits that are there. Like, for example, in like Hinduism, like books are very sacred, very powerful. And like, so you aren't supposed to put books on the floor, aren't supposed to drop them. If you do, you have to like do a little thing for it. And like, that's like a habit now, even if I don't necessarily believe in the religion. Hmm. But I think like my issue with it has always been, I don't have an issue with like religion or organized religion per se, but I'm very much the kind of person where like, if I'm going to do something, I want to know why. And you know, I like to understand why things are happening, where it comes from. But my parents have always taught us about Hinduism and religion and like the customs, traditions, whatever, and more of a like, okay, just do this. As in like, no explanation of As in like the things that you do on a day-to-day basis, like your, like these little ritualistic things or in terms of like broader overarching beliefs, like we believe in X, Y, Z. Yeah, I guess both. Like for example, if we come to the prayer room, it's like, okay, memorize these lines, do these specific things and okay, good. You did it. Nice. And for me, that feels transactional. Yeah, right? I agree. Like, it was never a case of, do you actually believe in this or not? It was like, okay, you need to do this so that you can be saved in life, so that you can be, like, good in life, you know? Interesting, interesting. And that never sat right yeah. with me. Um, like, I think it's really nice to have this, like, strong faith and, like, believe in something bigger than yourself. But what I, like, I just think back to, like, so my mom is very religious, obviously, but what's interesting is that her father claims to be an atheist. That's so interesting. But his three daughters are all incredibly religious, and so is his wife, like, so is my grandmother. And so he says that he believes in humanity. Okay. What does that mean? Which is, like, I didn't get it when I was younger, but now I think it kind of makes sense to me, and I think it's more so, like, he believes, or at least this is my assumption of what he believes, because we've never had a conversation about it. Um, But I think what, at least what I think it means is, like, I'm a good person. My parents raised me to be a good person with morals and values. Okay. And I will bring those morals and values to others. And I like to believe that, like, humans are good regardless of whether or not they have faith in God. Okay. Okay. Right? Interesting. I don't know. And so my, like, this question's important because I have no idea what I wanted to do with my own future family. Like, I don't know. Hmm. Because it's played such a big part in my life, but I don't, I don't think I really believe in it much. But at the same time, so much of the culture is rooted in it. So I don't know how to separate my culture from my religion. That, that is, yeah. Yeah, I really understand that. But, yeah. I have... Um, Sorry, go ahead. I keep cutting you off. No, I was just going to say, like... Because you mentioned also, like, obviously Diwali's this weekend. And, like, for me, like, Diwali's, like, not... In my head, it's, like, I don't care that it's a religious event. For me, it's, like, food. Mm. Sparkler. It's, like, all the fun parts, right? And for me, but it's a religious thing. Mm. But because I don't believe in it, I just associate it with the fun parts. Interesting. Okay. Okay. And so, like, those are the kinds of things I do want to pass down to my kids. But, like, how do I do that with educating them the right way? How do I let my kids choose their own religion? Do I do that? I have no idea. Hmm. But I'm curious, like, what it's like in your family and, like, what you're planning on doing. Because I don't have an answer to this question. I I don't have an answer to what... Okay, here here's my... Let me, like, give backstory before I answer the question. Mm -hmm. Um, So... As the people know, I've moved around a ton growing up. So for, for in terms of religion and how that's impacted um, my and my brother's relationship with religion, my parents are both, um, my mom is a very, my mom is a very religious person. Like she does puja once a day, um, like, you know, and she will not like eat anything before she does puja. She very much, mm-hmm. I think she is the person out of all four people in our family um, who is most connected to Hind- Hinduism because she's the she's the person who spent the longest time living in India um, out of the four of us. My dad, I mean, it's not that... that my sense. dad, my dad's parents are 
also religious people like even but it's a very different relationship with religion that you have when and that's like I think that's how our two experiences contrast and I think my dad's experience is also very similar to the experience that me and my brother have had which is like religion Mm -hmm. is present within our home but we don't really have as many or very frequent like outlets like where we practice religion like in a public setting as in like going to a temple or something like that and that's because we it was just like really far away like we lived in germany there was we are gujarati so like and so we're like a specific it's like a specific i guess like subsect of hinduism or like you you i don't know you Mm -hmm. pray to certain different gods like us like me being from gujarati being from south india i think there's like differences there anyway it's definitely different um, yeah i think in germany like back in the day when I was living there, these kinds of temples didn't exist at all. Um, and then mm-hmm. we lived in the U.S. and there was a temple, but it was so far away. And then lived in Switzerland again, no temples. And then yeah, so always been kind of like because of like geographical challenges more than anything. Like going to temple every Sunday was not something that we did. Um, we mm-hmm. would go once in a while growing up for certain special occasions for all the big holidays, or also if there was like bigger life things happening or like there was a reason to mm-hmm. go, we would go as in like something has happened or something is happening that is like predicating us going. But th- it was not a regular occurrence in my life in that way. Like the ceremonial act mm-hmm. of, you know, like, like, I don't know, just like things like doing an art or doing a puja. But what I have found, especially, like, and so, like, yeah, this is all definitely kind of varied a lot, but I, I, I mean, I go to temple less and less and I, than I even used to when I was a kid now, like, being in college and stuff. But as that has gone down to the point where, like, I go maybe, like, twice or three times a year max at the moment, what I have found is that, like, the role of faith and, like, has really evolved in my mind but also in my family's mind something that we started doing over the course of the pandemic actually so my dad his mom's side of the family some of like some of our family members um just like his cousins had a habit of saying a prayer every night before dinner um and we used to like go to their house to eat and my dad was always like ah yes I really like that they do that um and it was just never something that stuck as a habit but now like when we sit down at dinner we will just like everybody closes their eyes for like 30 seconds and you say a little prayer to yourself before you start eating that's an example of it and then even like and so I think this is that example is just like a micro way of explaining the fact that like faith has sort of become this backbone in our lives that like it's such a tiny thing to say a prayer at dinner um and in the same way yeah it it just like plays this kind of back of the mind role in our lives but the idea of it being a backbone is that like and I think this is something that really my mom taught me was that like at the end of the day if all else fails you have your faith to rely on and so even if it's not something that we're thinking about on a daily basis we're not going to temple every week sometimes we go to, we couldn't go to the temple for months like six months at a time because we were living abroad um or like we haven't done like a puja in a while or something like that um it faith exists as like a backbone in your life 
Um, and I think in terms of passing it down, I definitely want to pass that idea down that like it doesn't and faith, I think I'm using that word on purpose because your faith doesn't have to be like religion. It can be just like general spirituality, but just like a belief in something that's bigger than yourself is a really important backbone to have. I think in just I don't know, for your own personal sense of security. Um, And I do want to pass that idea down. But where I struggle with, like, I think similar to you, maybe not similar to you because it seems like you went to Temple a lot more than I did growing up. And I don't know if you, like, did Sunday school or things like that. But I I have never learned about Hinduism in, like, an organized way. And um, my mom has so much knowledge she has so, so, so much knowledge, and my parents both also read Gujarati, so, like, when we do, like, puja and stuff at our house, like, they can lead that kind of stuff, but I just don't know those things, like, um, and I think the world is changing, like, as Indian Americans, like, I mean, I went to a wedding recently, and, like, the pandit was somebody who, like, translated everything to English, like, it's, it's not this, it's not like we all need to learn how to like speak our native Indian languages and like learn to read and write in them and then like study all the books and like read the Gita to like be able to pass down religion. But it's definitely going to be additional work um, if I really want to pass that down because I, I don't know enough. I don't know anything. <laughs> yeah. No, that's the thing. It's like I go through, I do these rituals because my mom says to, we go to the temple, we do these pujas, but I don't understand what anything means. Mm. I don't know the purpose behind them. And so it just feels like I'm, just doing meaningless tasks for some greater purpose. But I feel like this idea of faith, I feel like I definitely relate to that in that I think I have faith that everything's going to be okay. Like genuinely, like at my core, I do believe like I will be okay in the end. Everything will end up okay. Yeah. But I think for me, that's based in this idea that like as long as I'm a good person, eventually I have to be okay. That's the world. That's the way the world works. But I think for people like our parents who are like deeply religious, I think it's more so this idea like we'll be okay because God's looking out for us, that kind of Mm. thing. And so I think it's just a difference in like the why behind Mm. it. But I feel like, yeah, I guess like as you were talking, I was thinking more about like passing it down. And I feel like there are certain things that just feel like are necessary, like having a Ganesha in our house, right? Like that just feels like it would be wrong to not, Mm. you know? Mm. And like the little things. But I also can't see myself having like a puja room. Like my house, we have a we have a physical room specifically for puja like almost the size of my bedroom oh wow and like I don't see the I feel like I don't see myself doing this on my own in the future and I don't see myself teaching it to my kids because I don't understand it and I can't teach something I don't understand you know I think that's interesting that you say that because I feel the opposite way because of my dad and Mm. because my dad and I and like my brother me my brother and my dad have had similar Mm. experiences and that we were like you know moved and like whatever like and like Mm -hmm. experience religion in a similar way like for us like we have like a little setup in my parents bedroom it's like like maybe Mm -hmm. the size of a tv and in terms of like what I think physically will exist in my house I think that will probably exist in my house somewhere but I also think that one thing that my mom does really well again as a product of like there's nobody teaching us religion besides my parents because we didn't go to temple that much she's especially as we've gotten older um gotten really really good at explaining the explaining the significance of things um and that's so important like yesterday we spoke on the phone she was like it's hunted it's like 
there's like the days leading up to Diwali. There's like Dhanteras Karichodas, at least in Gujarati, that's what you call it. And then Diwali. Okay. And um, she was explaining the significance of those days and like what religious deities you pray oh. to and like why. Yeah. And I um, mean, spoke for I was like, okay, this is super interesting. I'm glad I'm learning about this. Um, just for like 10, 15 minutes. It wasn't like a big organized thing, but mm-hmm. she does that really well. And I am definitely going to. I mean, I need to learn it from her in order to be able to explain it and pass it down in a similar way. But, yeah, I'm glad that she does that. Yeah. I'm, like, very curious to see, like, if any of our listeners have differing opinions yeah. or, like, ways of doing yeah. it. Like, that'd be interesting. So, like, let us know yes. in our comment form thingy. Indeed. I'd be, I'd be curious to know. Or, like, comments, Instagram, whatever. Yeah. Very curious. All right. Next um, question time. Yeah. Do you want to read it? Um, I can add. Yeah, sure. So our next question is very, very different in topic, but also I think an important question. Um, so this person asked, do you have any advice for how to set boundaries in relationships? Slash, can you talk about a time when someone didn't respect your boundaries and what you did about it? <laughs> Great yeah. question. I feel like... Go ahead. Yeah, I feel like this applies to like a lot of different kinds of relationships, Agreed. you know, because like you have to set boundaries yes. across people and types. I think every relationship. Um, and... Yeah. I, this is such a hard, I think this is something that I've only really gotten good at, like, as an adult. Um, me, me as a kid. I was very bad at this for a long time. I think it's so related to this thing that I said in, like, a very, very, very early episode about how, like, your confidence as a person is related to, like, the degree of social empowerment that you feel. And if you yeah. don't feel socially empowered then you certainly don't feel like you can basically, like, cut people out of your life or set boundaries because, like, I mean, it's like a reciprocal reciprocal thing there. You know, mm-hmm. if you're not feeling confident in yourself enough, you're not going to speak up, and maybe you're not feeling confident because people are saying things and you aren't able to speak up. Like, it's like a very cyclical thing. But anyway, um, I think as a product of that and also, like, how my own confidence and yeah self-image have evolved over the years um I think with that I have like my my roommate and my really good friend Lily will know that I'm trying to be more assertive in my life in general and Mm um I think that my answer to this question is that I guess I, but I, this is not what I have like written down and what I was intending to talk about. But as I'm speaking, I'm thinking about the different little ways in my life that I'm trying to practice being more assertive in the little things that I do, such that like when the big things happen and I need to really assert myself and I need to be able to pay attention to my emotions, watch out for things that are like overstepping my boundaries, and then like really establish them and be like, yes, no. I have the assertiveness to do that because I think for me the the hardest thing in in terms of setting boundaries in relationships is the physical act of doing it. Like I know what I want, I know what I I know what is right and wrong, I know what I think is acceptable and not acceptable like in my mind. I have done that work and thinking for myself. What's hard for me is acting on those thoughts. Um and so if you are like me at all in that way, I would encourage you like a way I try and like a little, little thing that I do is like, like in, with my roommates, for example, we were like, I will, I have tried to be more sort of in terms of saying like, 
hi, I feel like I have been doing XYZ chore a bunch and, like, could somebody please help me out with this? Feels like such a minute thing, but, like, if I wasn't making the conscious decision to do that, I would continue to do said chore over and over and over and over again because I just don't Mm want to assert myself in that way. Or, like, saying to somebody, like, actually, no, I just really don't want to do this today or actually, no, I don't have the time to do this for you. And, like, in terms of my work life, my home life. That's huge. Yeah, it is huge because it teaches you and because it's a minute thing right so it's like low risk like if you but it adds up right because it teaches you like me saying to my roommates like something about the dishwasher and them being like okay yeah totally like I hear you like whatever whatever you really learn and internalize that like you can be assertive and it's not that scary and people are not going to be upset with you like it's going to be fine and you really internalize that doing the little, little things such that, like, when these big moments arrive, when you have to, like, mm-hmm. trust yourself and listen to yourself and act on your feelings, that you can stand your ground and you can say, "I this is what I want, this is what I don't want. And you are not, yeah. you're going to be less, if not, not at all afraid to, like, make those assertions. So. And I think, like, with this specifically, like what you were just talking about, I feel like from the way that I I think like I have also very much had issues setting boundaries and like standing up for myself Mm -hmm. and I think for me the fear was also always always this fear of like confrontation and like potentially like having an argument or like losing someone but like what I realized as you were speaking it's like I don't think I've ever thought about it properly but like if you stand up for yourself in those tiny moments that aren't necessarily that confrontational Mm -hmm. then rather than everything adding up and becoming something that requires some big confrontation you're solving the problem in advance right yes Mm -hmm. exactly so if you let it build up you're like allowing yourself to have to confront someone which is the scary part so you avoid the scary part by like minimizing right. saying something about the right. tiny things which is still hard to do yes but it takes practice yes it definitely does um I think that also like unrelated to like specific advice and stuff I would say just like a broader life tip especially for the younger folk listening to this is like as you're forming your close adult friendships like if you are, if you are like Suita and I in this way, like find people in your life who are strong, assertive people. Some people are naturally like that. Like my, this friend that I'm alluding to, um, who's my roommate also, that is just who she is. Um, yes, I know exactly yeah, who you're talking about because she's an incredibly assertive Yeah, person. and she is just, she's just good at that. And so she is somebody who encourages me to be like, no, you can just, just say what you're feeling. Mm -hmm. It's not that hard to have a conversation. It's just a conversation. Like it's not like it won't kill you. And like, that is such important energy to have in your life. Like somebody who pushes you in that Mm -hmm. way, if that is something that you struggle with. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm very grateful for her. And I think like, I guess in the beginning of your like, what you were saying you were talking a lot about like what you said in the previous episode about like self-empowerment social empowerment Mm -hmm. but and I feel like at the end of the day it all boils down to like respect yeah right like you need to set if you like you need to be respect yourself enough to set boundaries Mm -hmm. and then on top of it when someone's not respecting your boundaries that means they are not respecting you yeah and that's not the kind of person you want in your life but I also feel like there's so from the second part of the question that's like okay about a time when like someone did respect your boundaries what you did about it what you can do about it I feel like there's two different kinds of people with this right I think there are some people who might mistakenly disrespect your boundaries disrespect you but not because it's intentional not because they're trying to hurt you but because they're simply unaware yeah. 
it's you have the conversation and they are capable of change. Mm-hmm. That's fine. That's a strong friendship that's capable of growing as you both change over yeah. time. That's Agreed. great. And that's okay. But then there are some people where eventually you need to realize that they are incapable of change and that's who they are. Mm. And I think Siddhithi and I have both had these kinds of situations yes. in our lives, especially over the past few yes. years, because adult friendships, again, like things change, mm-hmm. things happen. But like when it gets to a certain point, like this is something like Siddhithi and I were talking about earlier. We were talking about like this idea of like universal boundaries. Mm-hmm. Like, the bare minimum of things that you absolutely will not put up with or the abs- like the things that you absolutely need from someone. So, for me, some of those universal things I will not put up with are things like lying, cheating, consistently being flaky with no excuse. Yeah. And so, for example, I had a friend who essentially lied to me consistently for two years and I would consistently let it go thinking, okay, it's just one time. It wasn't just one time. It was two years mm. worth of a buildup. And then I eventually had to have a very difficult conversation with this person because I had never said anything before and that was like crushing for me because I don't like confrontation and this is one of my closest friends and eventually I had to realize like this person does not respect me enough as a friend and they need to go and that's okay too because I had to just like learn to have that self-respect for myself like I deserve better I have plenty of friends in my life who are good and who do respect me I don't need this person And I think that's really important. It all goes back down to this idea that Sadie was talking about before in terms of like social empowerment and like self-respect. It all comes down to that, I think. I agree. I think that having respect for other people is like, this is just like my final parting thought on this topic of conversation. I feel like the concept of respect is something that you are taught when you're in elementary school, like be respectful mm-hmm. of other people's things, be respectful of other people's stuff, whatever, whatever. I don't think mm-hmm. treat others the way you want to be treated. Yeah. It's so simple. You learn that in you kindergarten. You learn it in kindergarten, but my what I've realized is that like I think that's such like a it's like taught to you at that age because it really is just like mm-hmm. the bare minimum, right? Like have respect for others. Mm-hmm. But I think that it's it's a thing that's just like not really reinforced such that I think mm-hmm. you just forget about it. Like does this person yeah. really respect me? Sometimes the answer is no, but I think that, like, getting yourself down to, like, the bare bones, like, I think that we don't do that enough. And I think that when you're mm-hmm. evaluating your relationships in your life, think about that. Like, do, like, what does respect mean? Like, what did my first grade teacher say to me mm-hmm. about, like, what respect mm-hmm. is? And is that person giving me that kind of respect? If the answer is no, then maybe there's, you know, some, there's, like, some tougher mm-hmm. conversations to be had there. But, Yeah. Yeah relationships need to go two ways it can never be one-sided and that's when you, that's the red flag yes. the lack of respect is the biggest red flag you can see and that's when it becomes okay to cut someone out of your life give even with plenty of history mm. it's still okay to let people go yes yes yeah <sighs> and i guess our last question is very different we like i think you've all noticed that we've been trying to do like two very long like, kind of like longer questions than ending on a fun mm. note so i like this one it's happy yes um, so I'll ask you the question okay. cause I feel like you have more to say. <laughs> um, what are you making for Thanksgiving? Like what are you specifically uh-huh. making and like what dish is your favorite or like the one that you're most excited about for Thanksgiving uh-huh. this year? Okay. I'm having two Thanksgivings this year. Um, I'm doing, oh, two. well, like I consider my friends. Yeah. I think, I think Friendsgiving counts as a okay. Thanksgiving because we're doing like a full on feast. Um, so everybody oh, is making okay. like two to three things. Like, I mean like all the things that you would find at a normal Thanksgiving table, we are doing mm-hmm. with my like two, three close friends. They, we all love, love mm-hmm. to cook. Um, and so everybody has taken like 
two to three things under their wing um, and we're gonna have a big old feast um, so for that I am making I always for, for Friendsgiving specifically um, because yeah I always have a Friendsgiving and a Thanksgiving so for Friendsgiving specifically, I love to make like a cheesy pumpkin pasta as opposed to like a normal mac and cheese because I think that's, yeah, pumpkin pasta is delicious and it's, so it's good. like really nice when it's baked and stuff like that. So yeah, that's always yummy. Um, I think I'll make some sort of, I, hold on, I have a list for this and I want to see what else I put on my list. Oh yes. Okay. Probably going to make some sort of cauliflower dish. I usually always tend to do that. Um... Last year I was ambitious and I made cauliflower steaks, but I might just like roast some cauliflower as like a main dish type of vibe. But this year, another friend of mine is making eggplant parm, like chicken parm and eggplant parm. So that's going to be like serve the role of eggplant, of uh, excuse me, cauliflower steaks instead. So I'm just going to make like some roasted cauliflower on the side, Um, making brown butter corn muffins, and I'm making a pumpkin and pecan pie. So um, there's like why not have both together, you know? Like, I think pumpkin and pecan are good eh, in small doses, but together, I think they could be really good. This is a recipe I've never tried before. My favorite thing on a Thanksgiving table is definitely pecan pie. And for other Thanksgiving, like home Thanksgiving, so again, like, all the moving around, whatever, whatever, like, Thanksgiving is not a holiday that we, like, do as as a family of four. Like, we do it with a lot of family friends because it's just like so much cooking but my parents have never really like it's just not like a cultural thing that they grew up with and have like internalized but it's a fun thing to do to just like eat a big old dinner and me and my brother have both been like learning and loving cooking and baking over the past few years so he and I are going to cook and TBD on what that's going to be because my parents like very specific things and it's not, it's probably not going to be, like, very traditional, like, Thanksgiving food necessarily. Like, we'll make mashed potatoes, we'll probably make corn muffins, but the other things are up in the air. But I don't really think it's about, like, what exactly you make, and if you're making the traditional things. It's more so just, like, are you having a big old feast with people you love? So. Yeah, I'm really happy we're recording, like, mid-afternoon today instead of in the morning, because <laughs> I did eat today, so I'm less yeah. hungry just than Just eat a burrito, thank But, God. like, that's actually... Yeah, no, that's funny, though, because so whenever we do end up hosting Thanksgiving at our house, me and my brother also take the lead on it because, like, we're the ones that are excited about it. We're the ones that want, like, the full Thanksgiving feast. My parents will still do, like, one or two dishes because they also enjoy just, like, having family over and that kind of thing. This year, our plans are still up in the air because, like, COVID situation, we don't know if we should go to someone else's house or if we should have people over. It's a whole thing. Mm -hmm. But, oh, my God. Okay, so you were talking about pie. Well, okay, first of all. My favorite Thanksgiving dishes are mac and cheese and stuffing. I think turkey is overrated. Not a fan. Mm-hmm. It's more about the sides for me. Yes. And then I've never made pie before, but my mom just found some pie pans on sale. Mm. So I'm making pies this year. But I also saw this recipe for, I think it was from New York Times, but it's like you can use a sheet pan. Okay. And make four different pies in this sheet pan. Yeah. So it's yes. like four squares of pie and it's all in one big like big sheet like buzzfeed and tasty i was like shook energy. by this okay maybe it was no no, no that's just like what it reminds me of sense. i'm not mm. sure but you're right yeah Intrigued. but i haven't decided on what pies i'm gonna make because i'm in charge of dessert this year regardless because that's been my thing lately mm. so i'm gonna make two pies okay. i think pumpkin pie is overrated yeah but my brother really likes it so i'm sure i'll make a pumpkin pie i like pecan pie so yeah. that's happening and then i think i'm gonna make mini cheesecakes mm. as a fun side 
I'm I'm very excited for Thanksgiving. I also love an apple dessert. I last year it was last year on Thanksgiving my mom was I think visiting family. Um so it was my dad, my brother and I and I made an apple crumble and it was mm. very very delicious. So that's also like an easy yummy thing. Easy yummy Thanksgiving dessert. Like the like I mean, I say I we did that, I think, because it was just, like, we're not a lot of people, and we're not going to have yeah. a huge feast or anything, and apple crumble is easy. But, yum, anyways. I think I'm going to go eat a second lunch. That sounds I'm good. hungry. Again. And eating. We do this every time. We talk time. about food so much. I was, my highlight of the week was going to be this pasta that I ate yesterday. It was a sweet potato capitelli with, like, a brown butter sauce and granola on it. Um... Yeah, like, like, yeah, and, like, pumpkin seeds. It was, yes, it was, like, a seasonal item on this menu at this beautiful pasta place called Fiorella in Philly. It's a Marcovecci restaurant. Oh. Go. It was so good. Um, so. I'm about to, I'm going to go eat lunch again, <laughs> like, now. I, I'm not okay. And on that note, that concludes yet another episode of Silent Lotus. Thank you, everybody, for being here. Yay. Um, the people should follow us on Instagram. Send, send us, us questions. questions. Rate us on Apple Podcasts. Send us pie recipes. Send us pie recipes. To, and tell us about what you're doing this year for Diwali. A happy, happy. Yeah. Can you say happy early Diwali? Or like happy almost Diwali, everybody. Um, and yeah. happy new year. Exciting. And hopefully this next year is better than the previous one. Because this one's been... So interesting. <laughs> Is Diwali New Year? <laughs> I don't think my I don't think I knew that because for we have a Telugu New Year. We say like we say Happy. That's Di- like separate. Yeah, so okay. Diwali yeah. is tomorrow, right? And then on Sunday, I will call yes. on my relatives and I will say Salmubarak, like Happy New Year. I don't think we, I don't think Telugu people, maybe I'm wrong and uneducated because it's very possible considering the entire discussion we had about, I don't know anything, <laughs> but like we have like a holiday specific to, like it's called Ugadi, which is like Telugu New Year. So I don't think we celebrate Diwali as New Year, but that's exactly what we're talking about, how like there's so many differences so across interesting. India and Hinduism. Yeah, to me. Like, I also could objectively be wrong. I'm, I'm quite certain that like, I'm quite <laughs> certain that this is in fact, in fact the case, like. I mean, we're not going to have a religion lesson here, but... Yeah, I am so sorry. We were about to end this. I'm sorry. It's fine. I'm gonna, we're going to stop recording. I'm going to Google this right now. Like, I'm not going to hang up this call that we're yes. on. We're going to Google this. Wow, what a note to end this episode on. <laughs> Happy New Year, um, everybody. If anyone has any insights on that, also <laughs> let us know about that. Let us know about your boundaries. Happy Diwali. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> sorry, this ended up being longer than we expected. But I think it's all fine. I think it's totally fine. Um, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening to our ranting today. <laughs> and our side notes. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Silent Lotus. Stay in touch with us on Instagram or Twitter at Silent Lotus Pod and submit your questions on our website at SilentLotusPod.com. Your question might be featured in a future episode. We'd also love to see you leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and perhaps share this episode with a friend. Thanks and see you next week.